all the unique characters. I do let them bang. Yeah, I say, yeah, I'm a legend, man. I'm building my legs. All the stories and perspectives featured weekly. I wasn't fully committed to that choke, and I kind of sunk into it, started squeezing tighter, and I kind of heard him gurgle a little bit. I was like, oh. And all the combat sports you could ask for in the best state in the U.S. Like I said, Ohio versus the world. It's going to happen for sure. Watch out. It'll be cool, man. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to show them why the Ohio MMA scene is, in my opinion, one of the best MMA scenes in the country. This is Forged in OH. IO. OH. IO. OH. IO. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Marin, and I'm the host of the podcast. We've had four straight fighters join the show for the first time, meaning more unique stories for all of you to digest, and that stretch continues today. I'm truly excited about this one. We met at the last Cage Thunder show, and he shot his shot, asking to come on the show, which I respect. Then I go on to do more research and see that he's 3-0 and with three first-round finishes, all at the age of 19 years old, representing Apex Fight Systems. It's the remarkable Roman Perobeck. Thanks for coming on the show, Roman, and welcome on in to Forged in Ohio. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You know how to shoot my shot. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Roman. We have a lot to yeah. get into here. Before we get into that incredible uh, career that you have built for yourself so far, I want to talk about your story a little bit. I know you have a wrestling background, but how did you originally get into combat sports? Yeah, uh, like you said, I did start wrestling You know, at a young age. So growing up, I had that. I first stopped by MMA gym when I was about 16 years old, almost 17. And at first when I went in, it wasn't like, oh, you know, let's be a fighter. It was more like, you know, after wrestling practice, you know, losing extra weight, getting better at grappling. And then it kind of um, transitioned into, you know, a passion for MMA. So it's kind of how it all started. What encouraged you to go to the gym in the first place at, you know, 16 years old and just see what it was like? I mean, I don't know. It was just kind of, you know, it was something I always wanted to try. I, had a, I actually have a twin brother. So, you know, we'd always, you know, fight growing up and stuff. And I don't know. It was something, you know, I always like combat sports for wrestling, you know. So it was something I was like, you know, just let's go try it. So when did you have the realization? I know it wasn't that first time walking into the gym, but when did it click for you that MMA was something that you wanted to try out? Oh, man, it was probably. It was probably, you know, a couple months into training. And then, you know, right when I turned 18, when I took my first MMA fight, getting in there and everything and, you know, getting my hand raised kind of gave me the spark. Um, this is definitely something I want to pursue. So, You mentioned competing alongside a twin brother. Combined, you and Milan are 5-0 and with five first-round finishes. What's it like having a twin who is also competing in mixed martial arts? Um, it's cool. It's definitely something unique. I know there's not a lot of twins out there that fight. So yeah, it's super cool, you know, having someone to push you, you know, be able to scrap with. So yeah, you know, it's just, it's a cool thing for sure. How often do you guys get confused by fans or, or online by followers? Cause you look very, very similar. <laughs> yeah, actually my first fight after I won, Mylon was telling me he had probably like 10 people coming up to him saying congrats on your win. He's like, oh, it's not me. It's my twin. So it definitely happens. But yeah, for the most part, you know, he likes to grow his little goatee. So his mustache. So we look a little different, but 
So is the goal to take over in this space in mixed martial arts alongside your brother? I mean, ultimately, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But I just want to take it one step at a time, make sure, you know, training every day, making the right decisions. And then I think the rest will come over time. Who's the better fighter, you or your brother? <laughs> oh, man, we might have to, you know, fight for a title to see that. <laughs> see who's the better twin. But, uh, man, I don't know. It'd be a good fight. It'd be a good fight for sure. Would you be open to fighting him one day? Oh, wild twin, man. I don't know if I could do it, honestly. I don't know. It'd be cool, though, seeing a fight card. Me and my brother on it would be sick. That would be very difficult to be on commentary for that fight. Yeah. Having the same last name. Yeah, that's like appearance. a matchmaker's dream, isn't it? <laughs> a matchmaker's dream, two twins for a main event. Yeah, it would be very easy yeah. to sell, but I'm telling you right now, if I was on commentary for that fight, it would be a nightmare trying to tell you guys apart. I would yeah. need some, some code on my sheet saying, hey, this guy's wearing these shorts and whatnot to be able to tell you guys apart there in the cage, that's yeah. for sure. So when you first start training in mixed martial arts, you know, coming from that wrestling background, I'm sure that your wrestling was up to par when you first started, but you were exposed to things like jujitsu and striking for the first time, right? What were those first few days yeah. in the gym like having to learn all these new disciplines and everything that goes into this game? I mean, yeah, it wasn't fun at first, you know, shooting in for a double leg and getting, you know, guillotine and choked, you know, getting your face jabbed off, but. There were things uh, over time, it just kind of developed and I got better at, you know, defending those, learning submissions and stuff. So it definitely took a while, but yeah, I picked up pretty quick, I think. Um, I haven't got to show it too much, but it's definitely, it's came a long ways. It used to be, you know, throwing bombs in the wrestling now, you know, got some fundamental striking, you know, it's not super high level yet, but it's getting there. So yeah, I'd like to show it off more in my next fight. So we'll see. I haven't had many fighters out of Apex Fight Systems on the show, and rather than asking you just about the gym in general, I want to ask about your head coach, Brian Clark. Given your age, 19 years old, how has he helped navigate your career and you know take those appropriate steps forward to improve the way that you're supposed to as an amateur fighter? Yeah, Brian's a good guy, man. He's, uh, he's really helped me a lot. We're just you know smart about everything we do, the training we do, and just prepping for each fight. So. Uh... Yeah, you know, just being surrounded by guys like Branson, you know, Matt Brown, all the upcoming young guys we have on the team, you know, it's great. So, something that I love about Apex, and I'm not the only one who has noticed, it'd be hard not to notice, is that the entire team comes out during a fighter's walkout, even if it's just one guy competing that night. What sparked you guys to do this, and what's the mentality behind that? Um, you know, we're a team. We want to all support each other. So all walking out, you know, it can be nervous going out there for a fight. So it's um, good having a team behind you to support you when you're making that walk to that cage. So we're like, you know, this is something we should do. When you're the one walking out to the cage and you're fighting and you have all your teammates around you, does that help? I'm sure it helps with the nerves, like you said, but does it help motivate you too going to war with your brothers around you and the people that you're sparring with and when you're making that walk to the cage? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're training every day with the same people in and out, having them there, you know, walking down the aisle with you, you know, giving them a hug before you get in there. It's definitely something cool that I like to do. I also love the nickname, by the way. I think we need more nicknames in front of the first name in mixed martial arts. Yeah. It's the remarkable yeah. Roman Perobeck. So let me ask you, what makes Roman Perobeck so remarkable? 
honestly, I got the nickname because I was like, I was talking to Brian. I'm like, man, I need a nickname. You know what? He's like, how about, you know, the remarkable? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. And, you know, it stuck. So, yeah, there you go. And your brother also has a, a nickname in front of his name, right? Yeah, marvelous. Yeah, I, I love it, yeah. man. Talking with the remarkable yeah. Roman Parabek on Forged in Ohio. Let's get into the actual fights now. You debuted in August 2022, picked up the win with a rear naked choke in the first round. What do you remember from that fight that night? And what do you think about when you think back to that debut? Oh, man, it was a, it was a crazy night for sure. Actually, leading up to it. Uh, probably a week before I actually got in a car wreck, totaled my car, and uh, the glass shattered and it messed up my arm pretty good, just like a bunch of cuts and stuff. So it wasn't anything too serious to the point where I needed stitches, but, you know, definitely got in the way with training and I have a ride. So uh, my buddy would take me to practice every day leading up to that fight. You know, every time I was throwing a jab with my left arm, it would kind of hurt just because all the scabs and stuff, but ended up healing up before the fight well and um, went in there confident did my thing it was only a fight on uh, about a week or two weeks notice it was two weeks we were looking for the fight and then one week we got it and we're like you know let's do it so went in there did my thing i knew i was gonna be fine within a couple of days i knew it wasn't too bad it was just kind of i'm like how am i gonna get to training lose the weight and everything so yeah i knew i would be good were you worried at all about how it would affect your performance? I mean, it's your debut. You were, I think, 18 years old at the time, took the fight on two weeks' yeah, notice, and then one week notice, you know, you get in this car wreck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was nervous about it, but overall I felt fine. It was just, you know, a little bit of scarring and healing that was going on. So I'm like, I can fight. It just, you know, I have to push through it. Yeah, it was cool. And then to start off my uh, senior year the following Monday, so – I was hoping I would get a shiner or something so I could talk about it, but it happened to not be the case. So, What, did he want to be the top dog in school? <laughs> uh, I mean, not really. It's not something I really talk about. I don't like to talk about fighting unless it's with other fighters and stuff, so I don't really like to say too much about it. I was just kind of like, whatever. Yeah, that's incredible, man. So with the circumstance, you know, your debut, two-week notice, one week before, the car wreck, everything like that. Does it just make the win that much better knowing that you were able to get him out of there in the first round in your debut? Yeah, it was super cool. And I felt like a lot of people were doubting me because I was a young kid. I was facing some older guy with a bunch of tattoos. They're like, man, what are you doing? And I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, it felt good to get that win for sure and kind of prove where I was at. Your second fight took place 15 months after your debut. You had several canceled bouts in between. How frustrating was it to come off the debut win and then be out of action for so long? Yeah, it was really rough not being able to fight. I think that was a gap within probably about a year. So it was really rough not being able to fight in that time. And that's why that one was also another short notice fight I took. And it was at 155 pounds, which I don't even walk around at. So... I had to put on a lot of weight for that, and there's a lot of nerves going into that one. But, you know, thankfully I did not too bad, so. Is it hard mentally to go through a year-plus layoff knowing that you want to get back in the cage, but for one reason or another, these fights just aren't happening? Yeah, it's frustrating, you know. It's, so, it's always fun to go in there when you're working hard all the time to be able to showcase your skills but you know that's part of the game sometimes it's hard to find a fight you know people will get hurt they pull out they don't want to fight so you know it was just trusting the process and that time and 
you know, eventually knowing things would go my way. And then again, with the circumstances of that year plus layoff, another short notice fight, did it make the return to the cage, the second appearance in the cage for you feel that much better when you won via knockout in the first round? Yeah, hundred percent. It was super cool, you know, coming back, uh, fighting for BCM, my hometown and being able to get that. It was really cool for sure. Is there more pressure on your shoulders when you're fighting in your hometown like that or not really? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't think about the outside things. I just try to, you know, be zoned in, do what I can possibly do to be victorious that night. So, yeah. So, how do you deal with things like stress, anxiety, things like that in the fight game? I know a lot of other fighters deal with things like that. Are you good when it comes to that aspect of the fight game, or does it affect you more than others? Yeah, competing in wrestling, growing up, dealing with those nerves, you know, about every weekend, uh, definitely helps with fighting for sure. So, you know, I just try to stay calm, collected, do what I can do. You know, put in the time, the training. I feel like that's what builds my confidence. So when I'm out there, you know, I'm ready to go. There wasn't much time, actually, between your second and third fights <laughs> when you submitted Austin Maddox yeah. in January. Are you always in pursuit of these first-round finishes, man? They just seem to come your way so effortlessly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Kentucky was a cool one because, you know, head kicks and knees to the head. So I had a lot of fun doing that, but... Yeah, I'm always, you know, chasing that finish, trying to get him out there as uh, quick as possible. So. so with all those performances, having three fights that all ended in the first round, do you single one out and say, yeah, that's my favorite fight, my favorite performance so far? Probably my last fight, honestly. Just because it was in Kentucky, it was short notice, going to a different state and everything with different roles. Uh, I stood up the most on my feet for that fight, so, and I had a couple nice takedowns so I was pretty I was pretty happy with the performance especially fighting at 45 when I really should be down a couple weight classes at flyweight so yeah that's probably my favorite fight yeah so you mentioned another short notice appearance for you are you still open to taking these short notice fights or are you trying to actually get a proper fight camp in one of these days um I talked to Brian about it I mean if it's the right opportunity and we're training you know we'll take it but overall you know I definitely want to have a couple month training camp where I have an opponent set and I'm ready to fight. So I don't like taking short notice, but I will if it's, you know, what needs to be done. Sure. And you've shown how strong of a wrestler you are in your three fights. Is that the game plan going in to use that wrestling background to get your hand raised? I mean, yeah, whatever it takes is, uh, when the fight, if I feel like I can use my wrestling to use my striking, I'll do that. But Overall, you know, I like taking people down and punching them in the face, so that's what I like to stick to. And you mentioned it earlier. Are you trying to show off more of what you can do on the feet in, in uh, future fights? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I don't want people to just think, oh, he's a wrestler, all this. So I want to be able to showcase more of my skills, which I really haven't been able to do with just being in the first round each fight. So. Sure. Once again, this is the remarkable Roman Parabek with us on Forged in Ohio. You know, you mentioned weight, and I noticed that all of your amateur fights so far have been at a different weight class from as low as 135 to as high as 155. Is it just because of the short notice element of these fights to where you'll just take them at whatever weight class they are? Yeah, pretty much. It was just, you know, here's the opponent, the weight class, you make this weight, do you want this fight? I'm like, sure. And, you know, I thought we're like, let's do it. So, but my next fight, I definitely want to be at a uh, flyweight. So, I only walk around at 140 pounds. So, making that 
jump down shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, and the difference in weight clearly hasn't affected your performance in these fights. Yeah. Fighting at flyweight, man. When can fans expect to see you back in the cage? Oh, sometime around April. Maybe get on a cage thunder card, BCM. We'll see. Definitely April, though, is what we're looking at. Yeah, that would be exciting stuff, man. It might be difficult to say without an exact opponent or date, but are you going to yeah. go out there and hunt for your fourth straight first-round finish to start your career? Yeah, 100%, for sure. Yeah, you can expect that. It would be a pretty crazy accomplishment <laughs> if that does happen, man. But do you think you're... Do you think you're like not recognized enough or underappreciated in this sport for what you've been able to do so far? Three fights, three first round finishes. I feel like your name should be out there more. Um, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. I don't really, you know, eventually people are going to see when I keep winning. So I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I don't need to be appreciated or not. So, you know, it is what it is for me. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Is there anything to say for that? Like, I know it doesn't bother you at all, but... Maybe yeah. having that underdog mentality going into these fights, knowing that, hey, you might have something to prove and might want to show off these skills and impress other people that might not be impressed by you so far. Yeah. I mean, some people might say this, oh, he's just a young kid. He's not, you know. They, that's what people say. Whenever they're talking trash, you're doing something right. So, yeah, being a young kid just in the sport of MMA, you know, I do kind of have a chip on my shoulder, I feel like, and I want to do prove I'm that top dog. So, that's uh it's kind of my mentality. I know getting cage time is super important as an amateur, and it's sometimes valued more than wins and losses when it comes to getting ready to turn pro one day. You only have about six minutes of actual cage time in your three fights. Do you think about that at all, or are you happy to get these fights finished in the first round like you have? Uh, part of me has thought about that, you know, getting that experience because I don't even know what it's like to sit on the stool yet. So that kind of what if I get in a tough fight? And it's like, you know, you're on the stool now you're breathing. So part of me is like that. But at the same time, you know, it's nice to, you know, get it done as quick as possible. But I think those fights will come later in my career. You know, I'm young. There's no reason to rush turning pro. So I can take a bunch of Amy fights and find that competition I'm looking for. So it's not something I'm too worried about. Yeah, definitely, man. And you've done a great job at getting these fights done in the first round. But does the idea of also going to a three-round war excite you? Oh, man. I don't know about being Jeremy Riley, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be cool, you know, go out there three rounds, showcase your skills, you know, and get, you know, hit, throw some hits back. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. So, you know, if it happens, it happens. But if not, you know, I'd rather just, you know, keep getting first-round finishes for sure. But yeah, if it comes to that, that'd be sweet. How close do you think you are to competing for an amateur title? Definitely this year. I think, you know, after this fight, if I win, definitely. You know, title shot is what we're looking at for sure. So I don't think I'm too far. I'm I'm a fight away. So Yeah, I can make the argument that you're ready now, if not just that one more fight away. When for it comes sure. to that, like, do you yeah. think your age hurts you when it comes to getting that opportunity, or does that not matter with what you've been able to do so far in three fights? No, I don't think it hurts me at all. I mean, being young, if anything, I think it helps me just being that young, having the time to be able to. You know, if I wanted to wait, you know, there's a lot of people getting to fighting when they're 24, 23. Being 19, there's no need to rush if I do want a title. But if I do want to rush, you know, I could do it if I wanted to, so... So in 2024, it sounds like you're going to be fighting hopefully in April. Then after that for an amateur title, how many times are you trying to make that walk in 2024 and are you trying to be really active this year? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, at least probably, I want to fight at least three more times, maybe four. So probably a pretty busy year. That's the goal. Kickboxing fights in between then, Muay Thai or whatever. So, yeah, I definitely want to be pretty active this year. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be following the remarkable Roman Parabek, that's for sure. Before we wrap up, man, just anything you want to shout out or plug here at the back end of the podcast? Uh, follow me on Instagram, Roman Parabek. You know, same with Facebook, Roman Parabek. Shout out to Apex Fight Systems, my coach Brian, all my guys there I train with every day. So just want to shout that out. For sure. Thanks again, Roman, for joining me on the show. You're definitely an exciting prospect in this game, not only because of your 100% finish rate, but because of how young you are. Before I get you out of here, man, I like to end these chats by doing the OHIO chant with my guests. So, OHIO. Thanks, Roman. Thanks again for coming on the show. I look forward to seeing how you develop in the next couple of months, and uh, we'll talk again soon for sure. All right. Thanks for having me, man. That was the remarkable Roman Perobeck, the 3-0 amateur mixed martial artist. Roman has about six minutes of cage time through three fights. He's never seen a second round and has done everything right so far in the cage. I think he's ready for that amateur title shot now, if not just one more fight after. And it's crazy to think that it could all happen before he turns 20 years old if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to give it a download wherever you're listening or if you're watching on youtube like the video and don't forget to subscribe to the channel there are 66 other episodes of forge in ohio as well so check those out and don't forget that show clips and a whole lot more can be found on instagram and facebook at forged in ohio thank you all for watching or tuning in i've been your host jake murin and this was Forged in Ohio.